You're listening to Wannabe Minimalist with Deanna Yates, episode number 131. On today's episode, I'm talking about five problems I see over and over again with decluttering and organizing. With the new year around the corner, I know that there are going to be several New Year's resolutions focusing on decluttering and finally getting the house organized, but I want to help you avoid the pitfalls. So today I am sharing some tips on how to solve these five major problems. Welcome to Wanna Be Clutter Free, formerly Wanna Be Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter, we talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hey there, my wannabe minimalist friend. If you are returning, welcome back. As always, I am so excited you are here. And if this is your first time here, well then, welcome to the show. I create this show for all of you listening, and my hope is that it will help you in your home and your life. Today is a little bit different for me. I normally talk about the positive side of issues, but today I'm talking about problems with decluttering and organizing. I'm in the midst of writing a book about the clutter-free life method, and the information today is from one of the chapters. The book will be all about how to get the clutter-free life that you want without giant declutter sessions or having to bring in professional organizers to do it for you. Instead, I will teach you how to focus on putting the right systems into place. And with these systems, you will be able to see the clutter start to take care of itself. And once that first domino falls, it is amazing how fast it will all come together. Now, after overcoming my own decluttering and organizing issues and helping others on their journeys as well, there were five hard truths that kept coming up for me over and over again. And I want to share these with you today and in the book for two reasons. One, so that you can learn from me and avoid making the same mistakes. And two, why I am so obsessed with systems as the means to clearing your clutter, organizing your space, and finding peace and calm in your home. So today, we'll take a quick stroll through some of my past experiences, and I think you'll find a lot of value in taking a peek behind the curtain. But before we dive in too far, I do want to take a moment to ask a favor from you. If you like this episode, can you please take a moment and give it a rating or review on whatever app you are listening to this show on? If you're on Apple Podcasts, I would also be thrilled if you would also leave me a quick review. That is what Hay Bales did, and here is what she had to say, and I quote, Addicted, five stars. This podcast really helps get my butt into gear. I listened to episode 35, really listening to all, and already on 56 after a week or so. Anyways, 35, so good, go listen, end quote. Well, Hay Bales, thank you for that awesome review, and I am happy that I get to be part of your journey even if it is as your butt kicker. And I will be sure to leave a link in the show notes for episode 35 for those of you who want to go check it out after this one. All right, let's get back to why you are here today, though. Um, And it's those hard truths or problems with decluttering and organizing and what you can do about them. So hard truth number one, bins will not solve all sins. So if you watch a lot of home design shows or you follow home organizers on Instagram, You have probably had the thought cross your mind that if you just had the right bins or more bins, you would finally be organized. Now, I used to think the same thing, but I had to learn this lesson the hard way. 
Early on in my journey to getting our home in order, I rushed out in search of the perfect bins for all of our storage spaces. I went to Target, Dollar Tree, and even forked over lots of money for those pricey clear bins at the container store. Alpha may have also made an appearance in our house. I had canvas bins. I had clear bins. I had bins that worked like drawers. I had bins that fit under our bed. I had bins for our long-term storage, bins for items to put away, bins for our refrigerator, and bins in every nook and cranny. So if bins were all that you needed to be organized, I would have been the most organized person on the planet. Unfortunately, I wasn't. Bins are not some magic tool that suddenly turn into Mary Poppins' ever-extendable bag. There are still limits to how much you can fit into each bin, and now when you need something and you don't know exactly where it is, well, you have to go search through several different bins to find it. And yes, of course, labels will help. However, they are not the lifesaver that they are promised to be. So if you've ever tried to organize your home with the bin strategy alone, you might have already recognized the mistake that I made. More stuff does not make your home or life more organized. You need to recognize that your desire for a cohesive look, and thus all of those matching and beautiful bins, can actually be a hurdle to your future success at achieving that organized home. Let me go ahead and say that a different way in case that didn't make sense. In order to get the organized and well-running home, you're going to need less stuff first and a system in place to deal with that stuff. So in your home, you crave simplicity, not just a space that's pretty to look at. Of course you want it to be pretty, but it also needs to be functional and it needs to hold up to the demands of everyday life. That is a tall order. You want to be able to find what you need when you need it, but more than that, you want your family to be able to find what they need when they need it and not always have to come to you when they are on the hunt for that scrunchie or that Hot Wheel or whatever else they need. Better yet, you want them to be able to help you put things away when they are done playing with them or using them. So bins definitely have their place in organizing your home, but they're just not the first step in the process. Now, if you ever hope to be able to maintain an organized home, streamlining your efforts becomes even more important. Systems crumble under complexity and bins become messy without regular upkeep. So you have to stop adding more to your space and you need to take a step back if you ever want to create the home environment that you are dreaming about. You need to stop thinking about the aesthetics, at least for a moment. Just take a pause on the aesthetics and start thinking about the function. Aesthetics put the look of something above all else. And this is why magazines and social media posts look amazing and why they're so enticing. It's because they're often not real life. Now, function means that you solve the problem first. So you're first going to solve that problem of disorganization before moving on to the stage of making it pretty. It feels like the opposite of what we should do, because if we just want the pretty house, shouldn't we start there? But an organized and stress-free person knows that all you really need to keep your home running smoothly and thus be able to make and keep it beautiful is a system that works for you. So systems help you be able to use bins in the right manner. They help you put things away, become a finisher, and catch clutter on its path. But sadly, bins are only a part of the equation. They are not the one-stop shop that will solve all sins. So that is hard truth number one. Hard truth number two is that decluttering can only help so much. The COVID pandemic and the resulting shut-in pushed decluttering to the forefront of everyone's minds. Now, not only were we stuck at home, we also had to be able to work there, 
we had to teach our children from home, and we wanted to keep our sanity while we were doing it, right? Well, the mountains of stuff were there to stare us down, and we had to face the reality that it was time to let some things go so that we could make room for newer functions like a home office or maybe even at-home schooling. And let go we did, at least as a society. So many people decluttered that local donation centers had to start turning donations away. However, there were lots of families that didn't have the time or the energy to declutter. And if that's you, I want you to know that it's okay. It turns out that decluttering is not a magic wand that makes all of your organization issues disappear. Because what happens is that once people declutter, they find ways to fill up those spaces again. The big declutter, well, it happened because people needed more space to do new things, not because they realized stuff was causing a problem in their everyday lives. So instead of following a proven process for how to set up your home, they went out and just bought more stuff. And that new stuff filled up those empty spaces and now their homes, while they may be styled a little bit better because the stuff is newer, well, they're just as full as before. And as our needs change in our homes and as people head back into the office and the kids return to school, we are finding out that our homes need a revamp again. Does that mean we shouldn't declutter then? Well, of course not. The piles of stuff in your home are causing a real problem. A couple weeks ago, I listed out a ton of clutter statistics, and I want you to go back and listen to those if you need help kind of looking at clutter from a you know 30,000 foot view. And I'll make sure I leave a link in the show notes for sure, because there we talked about how clutter takes a toll on your mental health and how it also wastes a lot of time and money. But I want you to look at your stuff in a new way. I want you to imagine that you are in a boat on a lake. Go ahead and picture yourself there. Suddenly, there's a hole in the boat and the water starts filling up and the boat begins to sink. And you now have two options. Option number one, you can start bailing water out and hope that you can bail faster than the water pours in. Or option number two, you can stop the water coming in through the hole first and then bail out the water that is still in the boat. Now, both of these solutions will work in the short term. You may be able to bail water out fast enough to get back to shore before that boat sinks. However, this does not fix the problem long term and you will likely be exhausted by the time you reach the shore. There's also a good chance that the boat will sink before you get there. So clearly the second option of fixing the hole and then dealing with the water still in the boat is the better option if you can do that. And this gets to the heart of the matter that allows you to continue on with your day. Yes, it will be an inconvenience and you'll be wet, but the problem will be solved. And this example is like the stuff that we buy. So our clutter is the water and the boat is our home. If we choose the first option and just declutter where we bail out the water without fixing the hole, which is buying more stuff, our boat might sink, which means that we get overwhelmed and we get stressed out. However, if we fix the hole first by curbing our spending and thus bringing less stuff into our home, we can fix the hole and then actually make progress when we declutter. So yes, decluttering is necessary, but just like we have to get the water out of the boat, it is not the only thing that we need to do to fix the problems of stress and overwhelm that we feel in our homes. And that is why we need a process like the clutter-free life so that we can reframe how we see the stuff in our homes we can make the stuff we own work for us, and we can keep up with the inflow that keeps coming in so that we don't sink our boat. And so decluttering can only help so much is hard truth number two. 
We will be right back. And now, back to the show. Hard truth number three is getting others to declutter is hard. Now, a lot of times when we first start to declutter, we get super jazzed about tidying up our space, right? We go all KonMari, we toss all of our clothes on the bed. And if you're like me, that first experience ended up with half of the closet on the floor that night because you just didn't get it finished. My poor husband, I mean, I, he was staring at me with what felt like daggers. I, you know, he wasn't, of course, he was pretty understanding. He's a really understanding guy. But he desperately wanted to go to bed, and our room was a disaster. So you probably have a story or two like this as well. You start going through a drawer or a box. You have this plan to clear it out, and then suddenly, two hours have passed, or more. You're well on your way, on a trip down memory lane, and the drawer is only half cleared out, or the room is only half cleared out, or you know we maybe bite off a little bit more than we can chew because we're pretty excited. Or maybe you're working on, a, on decluttering your closet and you were making good progress, but now you're tired, you're hungry. It looks like a tornado blew through your living room. Maybe the kids have derailed your efforts more than once. Or the promises to your partner of clearing out a room got put on the back burner. Hey, I get it. There is only so much time in the day and it's hard work. Now, decluttering this way can be done. These big declutter sessions, yeah, they can be done. But it's hard and we often like to put it off if we can which is why we turn to our partners or our kids' stuff, right? We don't have an attachment to that stuff, so it's easier for us to let it go or to tell our people to let it go because we're not really going to toss it without their input, right? Which is why one of the questions I get asked most often is, how do I get my partner to declutter their stuff? I mean, it's a tricky question, and unfortunately, I don't have a simple answer for you. My answer to that popular question is that you have to find out how well the asker of the question is doing with decluttering their own stuff. So like if you ask that question to me, then I need to ask you, how well are you decluttering your stuff? You see, I'm a firm believer that we have to lead by example. It's possible that you've set the example that you won't follow through with decluttering yourself. And when that happens, it's time for you to regroup and figure out how you can lead your family to your eventual end goal because decluttering really is only part of the battle. So here's my point. It's really hard to get people to do something that you are not willing to do yourself. So getting others to declutter can be really hard if you're not in the right space as well. Now, none of us likes to be nagged into doing something, especially when it's hard, like decluttering. And it's only when you get serious, start making progress, and everyone can actually feel the results that things will start to change. But I want to ask you a straightforward question. What would happen if your partner never joined you in decluttering? What if you went through and decluttered all of your items and everything and, you know, all those things that you assume responsibility for in your home? You made real progress. You started getting your home in order and your partner was still hesitant to declutter their stuff. Because the truth is that that is a real possibility. I've seen it happen. But it is not as bad as you might be thinking. There may be boxes of things in the basement. Their office might be a mess. Or they can be holding on to things that you know they will never use. But as long as it is not, it is not affecting your day-to-day -day life, and it's not affecting the management of your home, the systems that you create will help you see past their clutter to the bigger picture. 
So instead of focusing on decluttering, I want you to focus on building systems so the decluttering will start to occur more naturally. And it just kind of flows into the day-to-day life and you can set up these systems so that their things no longer bother you because there is a plan of action in place. So that's hard truth number three, getting others to declutter is hard. Hard truth number four is big declutter sessions suck. They just do. If your goal is to have a clutter-free home, it is likely that you have tried a big declutter session in the past. This is when you spend the whole day pulling out boxes and bins, sort through everything into giant piles of toss, donate, keep, and sell. And the problem is those days and big declutter sessions, well, they in general just suck. You know it and I know it. They take away our energy, they break our resolve, and they often leave us feeling defeated. I know this from firsthand experience, and it's why I no longer encourage a giant all-day declutter session unless you are moving to a new home and you're paying to ship all of that stuff that you will never use to a currently uncluttered new space. So if you've tried one of these big declutter sessions in the past, like me, you might have started out the day full of excitement, right? You're full of excitement and anticipation. You're ready to go. You can see the space in your mind. I mean, it looks like the spread in a magazine. It's all nice and neat with everything sorted into a matching bin. We'll skip over the fact that those magazine spreads are not real life, like I said earlier, and we'll just go with our vision, right? You've got your supplies, the upbeat music playlist is on, snacks are at the ready, the iPad is charged up for the kids, and you and your partner have your tasks assigned. Like a team coach, you rally your players, you get everyone pumped up, you review the plan and you cheer, let's go, clap your hands together, you start the day, right? Now, this is, this is me. This is what I do. I'm this person. So if your day continues like mine has in the past, that excitement quickly wears off as you face one tough decision after another without an end in sight. You said you would get through the garage today and it's only been 10 minutes. How are you going to keep this up? Well, the problem is that the average attention span for adults, it's sadly only 15 to 20 minutes and it's even shorter for children. After that, you have to work really hard to keep everyone on task, yourself included, and the decision fatigue sets in. These are real things. So what started out as a rally cry for your team's success often becomes a symphony of whines, complaints, and groans as the hours tick by. Or you might find yourself alone and resentful as you wade through years of purchases and accumulations as one by one, your family sneaks off to escape the dreaded task of decluttering. Now, this is what I mean when I say big declutter sessions suck. That's not to say that you will never declutter stuff. Your stuff sadly won't magically sort itself out for you, but those big declutter sessions, they're not the way to go. The key to successfully getting through your things is to understand how you work best and to realize that it is a game of this or that. Your home has a finite amount of space in it, so you can look at it as one big container. So picture it like you see it when you're flying. Like, have you ever been in an airplane and you've looked out the window and you see all the little houses and cars below and, you know, everyone's real little? You know, from that height, you can see everything neatly lined up. They start to look like little boxes. And you can imagine that you are a child looking down at a dollhouse. And so as you see all of the rooms with all of the stuff, you know, you kind of picture it that way. I want you to look at it as a dollhouse and you're putting things away in each room. Now, all of the things you own fit into your home and you get to decide how much space there is for actively living 
and how much space there is for passively storing. But it all has to fit in a container. So each box used for passively storing stuff, now that those may or may not get used in the future, right? It's stuff for storage. Well, it takes away from the space that you have to do all of the actual living activities like playing, cooking, sleeping, dancing, relaxing, etc. Once you tap into this realization that you actually trade living space for storage space in your home, it is easier to see your stuff with open eyes and the decluttering gets easier. With systems in place, you'll still declutter as you work through your home, but it's no longer going to be a whole day affair. Instead, you're going to work with your natural attention span that all of us humans have, and you're going to work in shorter 15 to 20 minute sprints. Now, the result will be clarity for what you want your home to be used for, which makes it easier to make decisions. You'll have more energy. It's going to be concentrated on making measurable progress. And your family's going to be a lot happier because they don't have to spend an entire day fighting with you and clutter and stuff, right? Now, this is what can happen when you realize that the home and life you want is just a game of choices. Yes, you can dial up your progress with focused decluttering efforts. But to truly enjoy the benefits of a calm and peaceful home environment, of being able to feel energized by your home while also being in control, well, it all comes down to knowing what game you are actually playing. It's a simple game of this or that with systems. So that is hard truth number four. Big declutter sessions suck. Hard truth number five, out of sight is not out of mind. Have you ever put something in a box or in a pile or in a drawer and had the thought, I'll just deal with this later? But then you wake up in the middle of the night thinking about that item or task. Just me? All right. Well, maybe it's a return you need to take back to the store before the deadline. Maybe it's a bill you need to pay. Maybe it's a gift that you received, but you feel guilty about not wanting or appreciating it. So you just stick it in the box and you hope it'll go away. Well, for those active things that you need to remember to do, like processing a return so that you actually get your money back, or paying a bill on time to avoid those late fees, tossing those things aside can have real consequences to our bank accounts. And for items like an unwanted gift, well, guilt can make us feel bad, and too much of that can affect our health and well-being. So the problem is that we encounter things like this on a daily basis, and each one comes with a task added to our constantly running mental to-do list. It starts off small, generally, and, you know, so we're able to keep up with it at first. But then, as the demands of life continue to compound, our stress levels rise. And you're probably sitting in a place where that list is pretty long now. Um, If you're listening to this, you you could be like me, right? You're a mom, you've got school-aged kids, and there is a ton to do, especially this time of year. And so here's where our cluttered homes come in. There was a study that was published in 2012 by UCLA And it was the first of its kind to link, quote, high densities of household objects, now that's your clutter, to, quote, physiological responses that can markedly compromise a homeowner's health, end quote. Those would be your high levels of stress. Now, the thorough study was able to prove that women's cortisol levels rise when they define and experience their home as cluttered. The participants gave self-guided tours of their homes to the researchers, And those who used keywords like messy, cluttered, stuff, or should, as they described their homes, experienced a higher rate of depressed moods based on hormonal measurements taken over the span of several days. So we often think that if we just box our items up and put them out of sight, they will also be out of mind, but it's just not true. 
even if we are not actively thinking about them or keeping track of them on that mental to-do list, the boxes of clutter we have in our homes, at offsite storage facilities, or at our offices stress us out if they are things that we feel are under our control. We are not able to live the calm and peaceful life that we want if we keep sticking our heads in the sand and thinking that our problems will just go away. So it turns out that if your homes are cluttered, our minds are cluttered too. And this leads to those elevated stress levels, feelings of low self-worth and guilt, especially for mothers. As that UCLA study discovered, those same effects of stress from clutter were not identified in the fathers participating in the same studies and living in those exact same houses under the same conditions. So it really is falling on us moms. At least that's what the studies show. And it turns out that if you're feeling stressed out and overwhelmed in life, it might be because your home is cluttered. It doesn't even have to be overflowing piles of what other people would classify as clutter for you to be feeling the effects. Those feelings are real if you would classify your space as messy or cluttered. Unfortunately, you can't just flip a switch and see your home in its current state as uncluttered either. That's wishful thinking, and while I do believe in positive thinking, pretending is not the same thing. So instead of putting things out of sight, I want you to commit to a real plan of tackling the stuff in your home. And over the next few weeks, I'll be sharing a few of my favorite systems that have helped me tackle clutter, things that I no longer buy now that have simplified our lives, and some mindset shifts that I have made with creating systems, habits, and routines. So if you're looking to dive deeper on this idea of a clutter-free life path, I want you to make sure that you are subscribed so that you are notified when new episodes air. And if there is a topic that you would love for me to cover, well, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. And then in that review, include your topic idea. And with that, I want to turn to you. So did any of these five hard truths surprise you today? If they did, or if they didn't, if they resonate with you, or if you have others to add, I would love for you to come over to the Wannabe Minimalist Family Group on Facebook and share. I would absolutely love to know your thoughts, and I know the other members of the group would too. And as always, I have links to additional resources on my website at wannabeclutterfree.com slash 131. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 131. And with that, I hope you have a fabulous day and I will see you back here next week. I'm Deanna Yates and you've been listening to Wannabe Minimalist. Cheers.